Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show is coming up right next. The following audio is via a Skype call. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's so great to have all of you. What? Tune us in and turn us on. Yahoo! I am so happy. I'm like happy, happy, happy today. Uh, So many great things happening. And, you know, it's interesting because we get totally hung up on what's not not so happy that's happening. But that's a different show. Uh, And it's not that we don't talk about things in the world. We absolutely do. But today is an interesting energy and an interesting day. The other thing it is, is it's really, for many of us, you know, the loss of some incredible people that have been put to rest and certainly the honoring of Senator John McCain, for sure. Um, And for those of you out there, um, it is a matter of respect that we pay to those people that we believe have made some sort of difference to us in a world. Now, despite my political views, it doesn't mean we can't take the time to really honor and respect, you know, people of integrity. And believe me, it's really interesting for me that that has been a topic that has come up a lot and certainly a topic I spent eight years in a doctoral program researching. But today... I want to introduce you to somebody just super incredible. But first, let me say hi to Mr. B. Hey, B. Hey, Pat. How you doing? How you doing, Mr. B? I'm doing very well. Uh, It's another week upon us. Yeah, boy. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm telling you, I had to turn the TV off yesterday. Uh I was doing some work at home, but I just I couldn't watch anymore. Would that be around just after Uh, 1.30 to 4.30? Oh, my goodness gracious. <laughs> yeah, it was a tough fought game, but, you know. Uh, I know, I know, I know, I know. Uh, you know what I like, though? Mm-hmm. We've got to talk about the fact that they're, like, rebuilding. I like that. We it's are, a rebirth. For those who aren't understanding where we're coming from, it's the Seattle Seahawks. That's what uh, Pat is alluding to, the team. And, yes, we are. <laughs> we are. The, those who shall not be named. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, You're right. Could have been any other team. You know, I, I uh, uh, Russell Wilson's uh, uncle was my boss back in the day really? in the phone company. No yeah. kidding. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Nice little, Carlton, uh, connection there. Carlton Brown. Yep. Totally. Carlton Brown. Uh, you know, uh, today's show, Benny, is about connecting. One of the things I love is that once, a, once upon a time, there used to be this world where. It, People took their message out without public relations, without media, without hiring an agent, without, without, without. They really brought their conversation to the forefront. Back in the day, Benny, not too long ago, people used to do events. 
And every once in a while, the universe, spirit, God, goddess, whatever you believe in, I believe connects the dots. Today's show is one of those dots. I am so thrilled to be talking with Paul Levy because one of the things we're talking about is his phenomenal book, The Quantum Revelation, A Radical Synthesis of Science and Spirituality. And what I love about this is how the universe helps us connect connect the dots so that I get to have phenomenal conversations with people like Paul. And what I mean by that is people that have been dedicating their lives to helping most of us understand what this connection is between science and spirituality. And for many of you, you may or may not know who Paul is, but I will tell you this. The book, The Quantum Revelation, the book I have in my hand, and we have copies we're going to give away, Benny, is one of those books that when you pick it up and you read it, you think about, yeah, quantum Buddha nature, quantum Buddha, and you start to read about these things in a way where when you get to the chapter on quantum physics as a spiritual path, all of it, all of it makes sense. And so today I am more than thrilled to be introducing all of you to Paul. You know, somebody that has been a pioneer in the field of spiritual emergence. But also what I like to say is he brings a grassroots, down-to-earth conversation about the mystery uh, that is for many of us those moments where science and spirituality are one. Yeah. Paul, it's great to have you here. Welcome to the show. Uh, yeah, I'm so happy to be here with you. Thank you so much. All right. I got a question for you. Mm-hmm. You ready? I'm, I'm all set. All right. I read the book. I've also read a number of the articles on your website. And I want just folks to know that you can go to the website, awakeninthedream.com. We're going to give you lots more information. Go to the website. You'll see the articles I'm, I'm talking about. On the surface, when we, we take a look at everything you've done, we probably think, wow, Paul, what, what a beautiful life you have. Here's my questions. Given everything you've done, given everything you've written, given all of the places you've been, the work that you've done, what are some of the challenges, Paul? What are some of the obstacles that you, Paul, you personally had to overcome to bring you to this very moment? Wow. Well, (laughs) I I really appreciate that question because it has not been an easy path for me Mm. in that um, I had a spiritual awakening. One of those, you know, one of those experiences that people just imagine would happen to them. Well, it happened to me in um, 81. In 1981, I was in my mid-20s and it almost killed me. It was so, I was so unprepared for it. I think people at that age can't possibly be prepared when you step out of who you've been imagining yourself to be and have a direct encounter with some sort of higher dimensional energy. And it got me in in real trouble in the sense that within a day I got hospitalized and diagnosed and medicated. And, you know, and the whole source of the experience was, you know, without going into the story, my father wound up being this really sick man from the from the emotional point of view. And I was I'm the only child and I was really like every kid. I was really sensitive. 
So I was, you know, the recipient of him mapping out his abuse. It created enormous suffering for me. And that's why I went so deeply inwards um, that catalyzed this awakening. And so um, for almost two years, about four or five times, I was, you know, thrown in hospitals, diagnosed, guaranteed I would have this mental illness for the rest of my life, told I would have to be on medication until my dying breath. And I knew I was having a spiritual awakening that couldn't have been more obvious, um, you know, from the point of view that I was I was sitting in. And that's what saved me, that that certainty. And um, but it was very, very difficult. It destroyed my family. Both of my parents bought in, you know, to the psychiatric point of view that I was mentally ill and they both died completely thinking, oh, Paul's just in denial of his mental illness, you know, of his mental illness. So it was very, very tragic um, from one from one point of view. But I was fortunate in that I was very quickly able to get out of that whole situation and continue my awakening. But it was it was really difficult because then on top of the trauma from having the father I did, I had this psychiatric trauma on top of that. And but it, it actually helped me to find my work. And one way of describing what I was experiencing was I was having a direct encounter of the quantum. And I didn't have the language for it when I was in my mid-20s. But as I've, you know, developed my work and, and you know, gone down the, the, the rabbit hole of quantum physics, I've, I've realized, oh, my God, this is like actually describing and articulating the very energetic, the very energies that I was experiencing during my awakening. Mm. I love that we're talking about this because, you know, here I am doing this radio show now for 15 years, right? Um, we've been voted the people's choice for 10 of those years. Uh, started a network in 09 and 010 that I never thought I'd start. And you know, listen, I'm a girl from the Bronx that could hardly read and write and somehow the dots get connected. But here's the question, and this is why I'm so excited to have you on the show. I, too, went through a series of these. Isn't it funny how this works, right, Paul? Mm -hmm. 1990, I top executive in the phone company, right? It, it happened like I woke up one day and I looked in the mirror and I was unrecognizable to myself. Mm -hmm. And I thought to myself, I can't implement this downsizing. It is not right. And I went into work and something took over my body. The same thing at 04, six months after saying yes to this, I came down with the mystery disease. So here's my question, because mm -hmm. you've got it in this book and you've got it in your work. Do you think the universe could find a kinder, gentler way to get our attention, Paul? <laughs> yeah, well, it, it's interesting because it makes me think of one of the ways of describing what, what I was realizing was that this is, this is a dream. This is a collective dream. And when and the way when in a dream, you'll have a particular dream and there'll be the, the symbols in a dream. And if you don't get the message, then you'll have a recurring dream. But that same message will be in more amplified form. And if you don't recognize what, what that message is, then it'll even be more extreme to get your attention. So I would say it's a function of if we're open to actually seeing the symbolic dimension of reality and understanding what the teaching is in what's happening in our life, then it, it, it doesn't have to be so painful. 
But if we're asleep to that, if, right. we, if we don't recognize that, then the unconscious is just going to amp up, you know, the symbols and amp up the message and amp up the incredible whatever the events are until we actually begin to recognize what's being shown to us. What do you think, uh, and I want to talk about, for those of you just tuning in, listen, we're talking about Paul's book, The Quantum Revelation, uh, and we're going to give you lots of information about Paul, and also we have copies of the book to give away. Um, I read uh, Once Upon a Time, and this directly talks to uh, several of the chapters of your book. There was a letter that... uh, Bill W. of Alcoholics Anonymous and Carl Jung had an exchange, a letter exchange. Jung had talked to uh, uh, Bill W. of AA way back in the day about why he couldn't help a particular alcoholic, said, look, this is a spiritual issue. But it wasn't until 61 till Bill W. actually wrote Carl Jung. And Carl Jung's response was devastating to me. And there was one line in his letter where he says something like, I really wish I could have talked about this, meaning spirituality, right? Mm-hmm. More. I was so misunderstood. I was a little bit shocked, but I don't, I don't think I'm shocked so much today because I still think we're in this realm of misunderstanding when it comes to spirituality and science. And I wanted to ask your perspective. How do we become less misunderstood based on the quantum revelation? Yeah, well, that's that's a great question because, you know, one of the things that I learned um, in doing this book is that so much of the, the corporate academic physics community, if you, me- if you mention the word spirituality or consciousness, they just have an incredible reaction. And it's like a taboo where all of a sudden you're like seen as this mystic or a fuzzy thinker or you're not being scientific. But what I'm trying to point out in the book is that when you inquire into really into what quantum physics is showing us about the nature of of the world, the physical world, and you you compare that to when you go into your, your own mind and your own heart, whether whatever spiritual practice that would be, that the two actually more and more become indistinguishable. And, um, you know, so that the, the opposites of on the one hand, you have the physical world. On the other hand, you have um, spirit. What I'm pointing out, and not just me, I'm just translating. This is in every tradition that has like any sort of this wisdom, whether it's alchemy or the Gnostics or Buddhism or mystical Christianity, they're all pointing at the whole idea of that, 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 that there's these, these, these synchronistic phenomena as an example, that's, you know, they're examples of where all of a sudden mind and matter interpenetrate to the point where you can't tell them apart. And, but the point is one can only see that when one has that, that state of mind in oneself of being able to hold the opposites and not dissociating from the opposites within our minds, mm. then we're able to actually have the recognition, oh wow, that this universe is an oracle, it is speaking synchronistically, and that what's happening in the physical world is somehow reflecting synchronistically something that's happening in my psyche, then all of a sudden that boundary between the inner and the outer, between matter and spirit, between self and other, 
starts to dissolve. And that's an expression of beginning that we're beginning to wake up. Well, you know, Paul, one of the things that I absolutely uh, love is this, the journey you take us on. And it's, it's, I really, I wasn't kidding when I said to you, it is about connecting the dots, or it has been for me. Mm-hmm. But you're also a master storyteller. And I want to get back to the beginning of the book, because I always love this. You dedicate the book to John Archibald Wheeler. Mm-hmm. I'd love to know mm-hmm. what impact uh, he had on you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So keep in mind, so he's someone I, I, I never got to meet him except during my freshman year in college, I, my best friend at the time was going, going to Princeton, and I went to visit him, mm-hmm. you know, and um, he was studying physics, so I went to his freshman physics class, and then right before the class started, he, he whispers to me, he goes, John Wheeler is sitting right behind you. And, you know, I could have, t- I could have reached out and touched him. And, but at that point, I had no idea who John Wheeler was. So it didn't mean anything to me. But, but John Wheeler, um, you know, he was one of the greatest physicists of the 20th century. He was friends and colleagues and student of Einstein and, and Bohr, Niels Bohr. And he was the teacher to Feynman, who won a Nobel Prize. And he was this amazing physicist, not only, you know, this hardcore scientist and, you know, incredible with his calculations, but he was a dreamer. Mm. He had, he was so tuned in to the creative imagination. So he would, he was so out of the box of, of traditional academic physics. And um, so he was just um, so switched on he was the one who really discovered that, wait a second, the act of observing this universe actually influences the universe observed, that this is a participatory universe. Mm. The implications of that alone are mind-blowing. That's like the doorway through which I enter into the discussion of the revelations that are emerging from quantum physics. Because So by him pointing out that, and his whole work was based on the observer effect, the act of observing actually changes the, the mm-hmm. world we're observing, which is to say that there's no objective world outside of us. That's, right. that's a nonsensical idea that classical physics was based on, that we're just studying this objective world. Well, here comes Wheeler and the quantum physicists who basically have pro- empirically proven that there's no such thing as an objective world that makes no sense whatsoever to even talk about it, that we're part of the world, and by our observing the world, we're actually evoking the very world we're observing. It's it's inseparable parts of one quantum system. The observer, the thing observed, and the act of observation. That there is no separation. That's the insight that Wheeler brought forth, and that's what the book, that's the springboard for my whole contemplation in the book. Well, I love that you're bringing that port, uh, point to the forefront, Paul, because guess why? You know, that particular argument is, is, I love that term, nonsensical, because when I was challenged in my research, I said, you guys have to explain to me, you, you have to pretty much, sorry about that, you have to explain to me why it is that we cannot exactly produce the experience we had 30 seconds ago. 10 seconds ago, five seconds ago. We cannot exactly reproduce it. It cannot happen. 
because we're different based on that very experience. Everything about us, if nothing else, our energy and our mind has now added to it an experience mentally, a new wiring in our in our brain that wasn't there 10 seconds ago. And, you know, it's interesting that that's so hard for us to imagine that we cannot be, quote, in terms of objective. But here's my question, right? Mm-hmm. Isn't it a perfect system? See, isn't it perfect that we cannot be objective in it? Because if we were stuck in that particular maze of objectivity, how would we ever learn anything? Yeah, no, that's that's totally true. And if if we get if if this world if, if it was objective, then that turns us into an object or <laughs> a subject with this limitation. You see, one of the implications when when you really take in that there that this world doesn't it doesn't exist objectively. Mm-hmm. The other half of that is that it puts into question. Wait a second, I I exist as if there's mm-hmm. no objective world. What about me as a subject? And all of a sudden, that becomes into question because I can only exist as a subject if there is an object that I can be in relationship to. So when you see through the the illusion of this world existing objectively, all of a sudden it can give you insight into who we are, into our nature. And, and, And that unlocks an incredible amount of creativity because the thing that quantum physics, you see, the thing I'm saying is that quantum physics it, you know, it, it was funny. I was on a TV show a few weeks ago and I spontaneously said, and I <laughs> believe it, but it was true. I said, what the revelations from quantum physics that are emerging are the solution to the world crisis. And that's true because yeah. it's showing us, it's unlocking us that this universe moment by moment is like, is like emerging out of the void. It's new every moment. And we, through our consciousness, are playing an incredibly important part in creating our mm-hmm. experience of ourselves and our experience of the world. So when you take in what quantum physics is actually showing us, it unlocks this enormous creativity in us that has been, that we've just been split off from and unconscious of. Yeah, one of the things you say in the book, and I was just talking to somebody about this yesterday, is, and I apologize in advance if I misquote you, uh, but it was something like synthesis of psychis and psych uh, of the synthesis of physics and psychology mm-hmm. uh, touches upon uh, deep matters or matters of the soul. Mm-hmm. And I read that and I said, oh, my gosh, isn't that what's happening in the headlines right now? Aren't we talking about the psychology uh, of leadership in this country? Aren't we? How did When you think about a year ago, Paul, and and Mm. the fact that we would be talking about psychology, psyche, mind, uh, uh, whatever emotional condition in leadership, I would have looked at you and said, nah, why would we bother with that? But it's really about the deep matters of the soul, isn't it, that calls forth this this conversation. And as a friend of mine would say, oh, I'm getting excited now. As a friend of mine would say, there are no mistakes, Pat. 
you didn't dial a wrong phone number. It's synchronicity. You talk about it in your book. So here's my questions. What's the relationship between physics, psychology, and synchronicity? Oh, there's I, I have a big chapter on exactly I know. That. And, and yeah, because the thing is, <laughs> what quantum physics is showing us is that that boundary between the inner and the outer is dissolving, or it never existed in the first place. And then it's a question, do you either see through it or not? And what that means is that what's happening inside of our minds is synchronistically getting reflected and played out through events of the outer world. And it's all a question, do we, do we have the recognition of that or not? And what that means when you begin to see that, what you discover is that, oh my God, I'm actually, it's not that my psyche is inside of my skull, mm -hmm. I'm actually inside of my psyche, that this world, mm -hmm. that the informing primary energy that's informing this world is psyche, is consciousness. Mm -hmm. and, and to see that, that's to really begin to wake up. And then you begin to realize, oh yeah, like for example, whatever's playing out in the body politic of the world and whoever's like this leader or that leader, whether I love them or hate them or they trigger me or whatever, that they're actually these, these characters in a dream. They're like dream characters who are embodied reflections of parts of myself because quantum physics is a physics of wholeness, that there's no separate yes. parts of in any any place in the universe it's all seamlessly interconnected and interdependent and the whole thing it's it's all a question do we recognize what what is being shown to us so to the extent that we split off from our psyche and the unconscious well then what's going to happen then this 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 waking dream is going to amplify the symbols to help us to recognize that we through our consciousness through the way we interpret this waking dream and put meaning on the waking ink plot, we actually are playing the key role in the co-creating of this universe. And that's what quantum physics is actually is here showing us. Yeah. Oh, I want to take a short break, but before I do a couple things, uh, I want to make sure, uh, Paul, that folks know how they can find out more about you, how they can get a copy of this book or any of your books, Right. I wish you would bundle them and sell them all like as a series. Amazing. Um, and then also you have an event. So uh, it'd be great for all of our folks that are down in Portland or close to Portland to know about the book. Give it. OK, give us the rundown of all of that, if you don't mind. Sure. Uh, well, um, I'm doing a book signing tonight um, at a bookstore, a beautiful bookstore called Broad Broadway Books, 1714 Broadway in the Northeast. That's at seven o'clock tonight. And then I have a website, um, awakenindhedream.com. And all, you know, I have a ton of articles. They're all for free. And if you want autographed copies of my book, and I have a, a bunch of my, my interviews. And I'm just wanting to get this work out, basically. Yeah. It's so helpful for people. So that's, yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's not only helpful for people. Uh, I, I believe, and we're going to talk about this when we come back, Paul, from break. I believe it is the new narrative that we need to really look at to help us in a world that overloads us with choices and data. It's a new narrative. When we come back, we're going to talk about what the heck does the word quantum really mean and why is it we make that word and quantum physics way, way complicated. What if? What if Paul's message could bring quantum 
into our lives every minute of every day easily. Stay tuned, everyone. We'll be right back. To see your life from an angel's perspective, book a personal consultation with Claire Candy Hoff, angelic walk-in angel Ariel at Angel Healing House. Candy provides intuitive counseling, Reiki, and angel readings in person in Los Angeles or nationally and internationally via phone or Skype. She will channel the practical tools you need to transform your life. Call now, 831-277-3716 or visit angelhealinghouse.com. Interested in deepening your spiritual practice? The School for Esoteric Studies offers online training to spiritual seekers from all paths of life and individual coaching. Our courses synthesize Eastern and Western spiritual traditions based on meditation, study, and service applied to everyday life. To learn more about our courses and services, please visit www.esotericstudies.net. Don't miss out on an opportunity to hear from Lou Paradise, health and vibrant living expert and founder of Toprison. Lou is a featured speaker at the New You Life Conference in Connecticut, Saturday, September 15th. Tickets are available now. For information and tickets, click the button on the homepage of louparadise.com. That's louparadise.com. The knowledge book currently studied in 39 countries and 15 languages around the world accelerates our evolution, takes us out of depression, offers universal truth, protects us, and makes us stronger, both spiritually and physically. So if you are interested in the knowledge book, visit usa.thenowledgebook.net and tune in to the Knowledge Book Radio with Marge Potasik on TransformationTalkRadio.com. To find answers to life's questions, you need to look within yourself. Dr. Glenna Rice brings your questionable conversations on Transformation Talk Radio each month. Tune in each month for insight into how you can live up to your full potential. Dr. Glenna is a physical therapist, certified access consciousness, and access body class facilitator. How does it get any better than this? For more information on Dr. Glenna Rice and her work, visit GlennaRice.com. Oh, boy. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Awesome. So the quantum revelation, a radical synthesis of science and spirituality. Paul Levy here. The forward is by Gene Houston. You know, Dr. Gene, everybody. But also when you look at the people that comment on the book um, and you look at what they say about it, clearly there is a message that Paul is called to bring to the world and bring it loudly now. It's now. And if there was ever a time to really not shine a light, we use that term light. I mean, like hit this thing out of the park so that we could understand that things are happening at quantum speed. But what does quantum mean? Before we go there, Paul, one more time. I know you're doing a book signing. Tell folks where that is. And let's have your website again and how people can get a copy of the book. Sure. Um, as far as a copy of the book, they can either get it on my website, um, awakenindthedream.com, um, or they, you know, just at bookstores or on Amazon. Um, of course, if they get it from my website, I can sign it. And then tonight's book signing in Portland, um, Broadway, Broadway Books, 17th and Broadway in the Northeast in Portland. 
And um, it's seven o'clock tonight. So that's that's if people want to get to meet me, that's where they can do it. Awesome. Um, okay. The book talks about many things. And we were talking about synchronicity and we were talking about physics and psychology. And synchronicity is one of those things, right, that we know about, but we don't kind of know it with that word, right? It's like one day we show up and all of a sudden a series of events seem to line up just perfectly or a series of events don't line, line up perfectly, not for our, what seems to be our, our, our greatest good. But in the end, there are these things that we sometimes can't explain. Mm-hmm. And yet, here we are talking about the psychic and the psyche. And Jung talks about, you know, the reality of the psyche. And we're living in a time where this is probably one of the most important narratives that we can understand and apply. Quantum. What does it mean in the context of your body of work? And why do we need to get on board with this just very simply to live in today's world? Sure. Yeah. And it has total pertinence to what's happening today's in today's world and you know moment by moment in in everybody's life Mm -hmm. so the thing about um quantum physics you know i mean it's very controversial as far as everybody they're all fighting about what is the meaning they have nobody really understands it but one thing that everybody agrees on it is 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 that it is the greatest discovery ever in all of history in the realm of science that's not up for debate and um you know, so here, for example, here's with um, um, Albert Einstein himself. Well, he has a famous quote. He was saying that um, quantum physics is so uncommonly important. It should be everyone's concern. And, um, and then other physicists are saying it's tragic. It's a pity that not more people are aware of what we've discovered. And so it's, it's like, um, you know, one way of thinking about quantum physics. So it's really, you know, they, they went into, the physicists went into um, the, the physical matter, the, the really the microstructure, the really small, trying to understand what are the building blocks of the physical world. And what they discovered as they went down and down and down in, into trying to discover what is the stuff that this, that this universe is made of, they they discovered that they couldn't separate out their own consciousness from mm. the physical world. So it's as if consciousness has intruded into the laboratory. And this is not what your traditional physicist has signed up for. And for it's been like 100 years, they've been trying to, you know, factor that into the equation. Like, what do we do with it? Because it's sort of like this 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 stepchild, this unwanted stepchild of physics most physicists don't want to have anything to do with it because the thing about quantum physics, they've developed the most incredible technologies. I mean, it's changed the course of history. It's mm-hmm. changed our world. But all the technologies, that that's being called like um, low-hanging fruit. That's like less than mm. 1% of the benefits of what quantum physics is showing us because the real benefit, it's showing us about the nature of our mind. It's showing us about who we are that is actually showing us that our thinking process ha- it has like this mistaken, you know, um, kind of this way that we, that we think about who we are in our place in the universe 
that actually creates enormous problems. So quantum physics is actually um, kind of, it's, a, it's like a spiritual treasure that's, mm -hmm. that's showing us in the same way that if you, in a dream, if we become one-sided, then what happens when we have a dream? The dream is, is a compensation. It'll bring us symbols to bring us back into balance. We as a species have dreamed up quantum physics through the medium of science to get us more in balance, to show us, hey, we ourselves aren't less passive victims of this objective world. No, we're actually co-creators with this undreamed of creative power. And we have it all the time anyway, but we've been wielding it unconsciously in a way that's destroying us. Yeah, I mean, and when we look at some of the, the movements that have happened in the past, let's just say 20 years, let's just, just ballpark it. Uh, it goes back further than that. When we look at some of the movements, let's just let's just bounce out a few. Uh, the New Thought Movement, the Law of Attraction mo uh, Movement, or the Any Law of Movement, meaning that there's now laws that if you can conceive it, you can achieve it. Okay, so we can go on. There's a full range of them. And underneath all of them, without people literally saying it, although some people have said it, there is the action of what we do to reinforce the mind, to bring the dream to the forefront, but there's also spirituality. We just are so afraid to talk about it. And now, you know, we've gone through this generation and era of uh, creating only almost separation between quantum thinking, quantum being, right? Uh, and, and, only because we're afraid to use a few words. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, well, that, that, no, totally. That's that edge I was talking about in the physics community. Mm -hmm. Somebody mentioned spirituality or, you know, <laughs> in, in physics, the, the, the phrase, they'll basically say, shut up and, and, and calculate. That's yes. the when anybody asks about what is the meaning of this theory. And um, because, you know, it's solving all the equations, it's mm -hmm. developing all this new technology, but what I'm, you see, because it's so interesting that I wrote a book about quantum physics because I'm not a physicist. Yeah. I'm, but I'm just a curious person. But here, are these, here are these physicists who are saying that quantum physics is, you know, like I was saying, the most incredibly important discovery ever in all of history and yeah. science, and it has relevance for all of us. And, and I'm just curious going, well, gee, and they're saying quantum, this, this, this universe is quantum on every scale. It's everywhere. And, and. So I'm just, you know, being a curious person, want to understand what that means. Now, one way of understanding this, what quantum physics, what it's showing us, say if you're in a dream, and if you hold a viewpoint in a dream, well, what is the dream? But just, it's a, it's a projection of your mind. It's a reflection of the viewpoint you're holding. So then what happens? We have a viewpoint, then the dream will supply the evidence to confirm the seeming objective truth of our viewpoint which makes us even more entranced in, oh, our viewpoint is objectively true, so then we become even more fixed in that viewpoint, and that becomes a feedback loop that happens both outside of time and over time, in which we entrance ourselves by our genius for creating our experience. Now, I'm talking about a night dream, but that's actually what quantum physics is showing us about the nature of this waking dream, that the way we set up all the questions we ask, like if we do an experiment, the, the questions we ask, how we interpret the data, how we perceive it, all of that actually determines the answers we get back. And, you know, what the traditional physicists, what they're not 
what they're not like sort of understanding from from my very humble point of view is that we're actually influencing the answers we're getting back by the universe by the questions mm -hmm. we're asking. It oh, was yeah. amazing oh. things when I realized that one of the major things that quantum physics was saying is that way more important than finding the right answer is asking the right questions. Oh my gosh. I look, I'm so glad we're talking about this because there is uh, a number of people that hold shows with us, but they're part of a, a group of, of, let me just call them thought leaders, and they're called Access Consciousness. And what I've learned from them is, is new questions, mm -hmm. new questions. And so a question like, instead of looking at a situation, even, even a not so great situation, right? And asking the question, what else is possible here? The entire energy and vibration of that changes. It changes. And in your chapter, if we could talk about this before we run out of time today, um, thinking. You talk about the, the, this idea, the analogy between thought and quantum processes can still be helpful in giving us a better feeling for quantum theory. And you go on to talk about this. I think yeah. you were talking about uh, Bohm and Jung here. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. I want to really get to this notion of thinking. Because mm -hmm. when we hear quantum physics, quantum healing, uh, we're not really talking about the power of the mind yet. And yet Herbert Benson is very clear about that when he gives his process of meditation, response, thinking, the, the number of wires we have in our mind. What is the connection here between thinking and being in the way you've talked about it in the book? Yeah, no, that, yeah. that's a really good question. And um, the idea is, is what quantum physics, what it's showing us is that, you know, in each and every moment, the way that we're thinking, the beliefs that we have, how we're perceiving is flavoring, is influencing the way the universe manifests. And that's what I mean when I was saying before that consciousness, you know, it sort of intruded into the physics lab, yeah. that somehow that's a key factor in, in the nature of the universe, is our thinking, is consciousness, and is our mind. And that totally relates to the, to the synchronicities we were talking about before. And just, you know, one of the implications of this is that quantum physics is expanding the realm of possibilities to an almost infinite degree. Because before something, before quantum entity is observed, it's in a state of, of this nearly infinite potentiality. Like all the possible, the possibilities that that quantum entity could manifest in like these parallel, these worlds, it is manifesting in potential in all of them, according to quantum physics. And then at the moment that we observe it, one of them actualizes and all the other potentialities disappear. But the implication of that is that any one of those possibilities could possibly manifest in our reality. So for example, the fact that the, that the human species could actually have a collective awakening, that's within the realm of the possible. And quantum physics is saying the fact that that's, that's not impossible, it might be highly unlikely, but it's still possible, which means it can manifest. And then all of a sudden, when, when we contemplate that, it inspires a whole sense of optimism. And why, why not 
try to envision something like that, because if we have a pessimistic point of view, we're then going to draw all the evidence to confirm our pessimistic point of view. And then we're complicit in, in the darkness that's playing out in the world. I want to I want to read something from your book. And, and I, I, I absolutely want to talk about this. Um, there is uh, a quote in your book from uh, Sally, Sally McVeigh. And he, here it is. Uh, the picture of reality coming to us from contemporary science is so attractive to theology that we would be fools not to use it. I want to talk about that. And I want to talk about, you know, the extension of what you said, this contemporary science that we're talking about and the attraction to, to theology, because in the end, really what we're saying is that we as human beings have this enormous power in the way life could go. And at the same time, we have, enormous lack of power in the way things can go simultaneously acting all the time right i'm sorry was that too, was that a lot to say right there yeah no that was fine i'm you know if i could if i could respond to what you're yes saying. please yeah. because um the thing is you know it's one thing so the quantum what what it's what it's showing us i mean it's it 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 actually is the holy grail of the philosopher's stone or the second mm -hmm. thing it's the good news it's like, you know, I mean, we, we've dreamed up something, this revelation that, like I was saying, that's the solution to the world crisis, but mm -hmm. it's meaningless. If one person understands it, and understanding isn't quite the right word because you never quite fully understand yeah. physics with your mind, but say if one person, if they understand it, okay, that can maybe help them in their life somewhat, but that's meaningless. The point is, is that once we actually turn each other on to what the quantum is showing us, and once we connect with each other, it activates the, the genius, the collective genius in all of us to the point where we can discover that we can we can connect with each other in a way and, and actually, you know, change this waking dream. And, and, and one very simple way of understanding that if you're in a dream, in a night dream and you have and you have lucidity, that's one thing. But then as more and more dream characters in that dream, they also have lucidity and they're just aspects of yourself. And you connect with each other and you contemplate, what are we realizing? Well, what we're realizing is that this world we're in is a collectively shared dream, exactly like this world. And then you discover, at least I imagine, oh, we can actually connect with each other, get in phase with each other, and activate that sacred power of dreaming the dream in a way where we can actually change the dream so as it's going to reflect back in a way that's much more in alignment with who we're discovering ourselves to be which is that we're not separate, we, that we're interdependent and interconnected with each other. Yeah, you know, you and I have had very similar experiences. I pointed out, you know, six months after saying yes to something that absolutely is my calling, right? Didn't mm -hmm. know it, didn't know it in 03, you know? I mean, who dials into an internet radio show in 03, pulls out a credit card, and spends about $10,000 for 13 weeks, one hour a week of radio on the internet only? Who does that? Wow. I mean, the internet, that was like Al Gore, I think, just invented it then. Um, <laughs> right, totally. Right? Right? But if, when it feels so right, and we move along a plane of alignment... 
isn't that part of this conversation? It's recognizing when we are truly aligned, and for lack of a better word, Paul, I got to say energy, alignment of energies, for lack of a better word at the moment. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, in comes doubt, in comes fear. Mm -hmm. See, I, I think doubt and fear and some of these, they are the, in my opinion, they are the quantum physics spoilers of the life we want. And yet they serve a purpose. Tell us about the energy of doubt and fear from the perspective of the quantum revelation. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Totally. Yeah. One of the things, I mean, just from the spiritual point of view, as we connect with who we are and our light, one of the things that light does, it it illumines darkness. So in other words, all of a sudden, all of the shadows in the corners of our psyche, both our personal shadows and the archetypal shadows that exist in the collective unconscious are going to manifest. And it'll manifest in the form, whether it's doubts or fears or stuff like that. And, um, you know, when that could easily stop us from continuing to connect with our light, mm. but actually is helping us to develop the muscle of, of our light in the same way that the Buddha, before he became enlightened under the Bodhi tree, all the dark mm. forces attacked him. And what, one can interpret that like, oh, they were just, you know, these forces of evil and they're obscuring the Buddha. But no, they were his secret allies. They were actually helping him. He couldn't have catapulted, mm. catapulted himself over that edge into realization without these darker forces. And of course, the thing, the thing about this is that what quantum physics is showing us is that because there is nothing out there, you know, the way the the way we interpret things, the we we impute meaning, we're these meaning generators, and that has a real profound impact on our experience of mm -hmm. ourselves and our experience of the universe. So that you know, it, it once again gets to the incredible creativity that we all have moment by moment, but most of us because we're wielding it unconsciously, you know, and then collectively, look at what's happening. We're destroying ourselves based mm. on not not realizing this unbelievable, you know, quantum creativity um, that, you know, and the thing is, as we get closer to that, of course, it's going to invoke the darker forces of doubt and fear and all that. But the important thing is, is to see that in in the context of like what I've been describing. Yeah. Yeah. That's just of, of course, that's going to happen. And they can be my ally. Mm. Uh, you know, I have to tell you, first of all, let me thank you for today. Uh, I want to thank you so much. And boy, I, I could talk to you for hours. This is such an important message. So I, I would love two things. One, please let folks know how they can get a copy of the book. Also let them know, uh, again, how they can uh, uh, go to the signing today uh, in Portland. And then the last question is about your personal message. I would love to know what your personal message is. And thank you, Paul, for today. Yeah, for sure. Totally. So my personal message, and I'm, I'm, you know, I think about myself when I, going back to the beginning of the interview, when I was having that spiritual awakening and my whole world was reflecting back to me that I had a chemical imbalance, mental illness, needed to be on medication, but I stayed with what I knew to be true from my, from my own experience. And I followed my calling. And here, you know, I've been doing what I do now for 25 years of just, you know, doing my books and having my groups and 
teaching and all that stuff and being supported in it. So on the one hand, one of my messages is, you know, it's so important for us to follow our calling and, and that etymologically it's related to hearing a voice. And we've been trained uh, to be like, oh, I can't do that. I'm not good enough or whatever. But what if you actually have the courage or whatever it would be to really just to assent? It's sort of like when somebody gets called to be a shaman, killer. Mm-hmm. If they say, no, 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 I can't do that, that's when they fall and, and get sick and can even go crazy and die. As soon as you assent to the calling, because the calling, the sponsor of the calling is like some sort of higher intelligence, then all of a sudden you get everything you need in order to fulfill that calling. So that would be one of my messages. The other is 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 to, to connect with with real compassion. Because when quantum physics is showing us, it's empirically proven that this is a collective dream. That there's mm. no question about. So many people don't don't understand that. Maybe that's why I'm here saying it. And when you realize this is a dream, you realize we don't exist separately from each other, <clears throat> but we're interconnected and interdependent. And the realization, energetically speaking, of that realization is compassion. And so mm. anytime we can cultivate compassion for others and particularly for ourselves, you because know, we're the hardest ones to really have compassion for that's actually in the service of of helping the whole universe to wake up okay mm, wow. and then as, as far as tonight so i'm, I'm going to be at this at, at a bookstore a, a broad, broadway broadway books 17th and broadway in the northeast in portland at seven o'clock tonight and i'll be giving a talk about quantum physics you know totally for free and then signing books um and then for my work just you can go to um awaken in the dream.com. That's my website. Yeah. And great. it's a ton of articles, interviews. It's all for free. And if you want to buy an autographed copy of the book, you can do it there. And yeah, that's it. Well, thank you, Paul. For thank you all. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. And remember this all genuine spiritual practices are about deepening our familiarity with this power of quantum creativity, a power which is truly our birthright, right from Paul's book. We'll be right back. preceding audio was via a Skype call.